Welcome to your typical shonen protagonist. He's Kai, I'm Kells, and today we're talking about Naruto and the Sasuke retrieval arc. First off, Kai, how you doing? I'm doing well on this fine day that we do our recordings. How are you? Man, I am excited. We finally made it to pretty much the last kind of manga canon story arc of the OG Naruto with the Sasuke retrieval arc. It's been a whole like journey getting here, man. 136 episodes, I believe. Something like that. I'm going to take your word on it. I've been watching it on Netflix, which breaks it up by like 24 episode seasons. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, totally. By the end of this, it looks like uh, we made it through 135 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's crazy. And I square ass skipped the uh, the mission to the T whatever arc. It's for the best. Yeah. It was trash. Like. Uh, but no, totally. I'm glad we fi- we're finally here. So we open this uh this arc with sasuke in the hospital from like their last mission but we really get down to the plot point about sasuke is frustrated his at his own weakness and comparing himself to naruto who he has seen become stronger with the rasengan along with uh the uh nine tails chakra that seems to seep out in really critical moments uh when naruto really needs help um and sasuke's like even my own brother who killed my entire clan wants naruto over me and it's like man what a shitty life you have sasuke yeah no like a hundred percent it's naruto's had or sasuke's having this like existential crisis because like he thought oh and he and that's always like it's like a bakugo deku thing where if someone you look down on and has spent so much time looking down on suddenly like has an increase, like your mental capabilities make you think, oh, well, like what the heck, man? Like, what am I if I'm below this person? Which is fine to like use as a drive to like progress yourself as long as you're not an asshole about it, which both in Bakugo and Sasuke's case, they are both big assholes. Yeah. Can I say how glad I am, even though I know we're talking about Naruto, but can I say how glad I am that, like, my hero didn't go down the same route that, like, freaking Naruto did of, like, Bakugo becoming a villain and Deku, like, vowing to bring him back? Like, thank goodness. No, totally. They they did the exact same kind of story arc, except instead of turning Sasuke evil, they kept um, Bakugo as a hero. I love it. I love it. But, um, yeah. So, Sasuke's having his mood swings in the bed, you know. And then, like, Naruto comes to visit him. Like, Naruto and Sakura and Naruto's, or Sasuke's, like, a, uh, you gotta square up real quick with me on the roof, bruh. And yeah, man. Sakura, fuck your apples. You took those ti- that time to, like, uh, peel and serve no fuck your apples i gotta go beat the shit out of naruto right quick to prove my value yeah and like naruto's kind of like how dare you like you know like i'm still simping so but all right so they go on the roof and they fight and you know it's it's pretty lackluster you know it's like the whole like they're doing ninjutsu and everything and i mean animation wise it's pretty fun that's clean yeah it's just like, you know, standard fighting. You know, it's not like anything yeah. crazy yet. Like, Sasuke's doing his kicks, and I was just doing a shadow clone. And then Sasuke started talking some mighty disrespectful words. And it's like, I'm big stuff, big Papa Chidori. And then Naruto's like, all right, Rasengan, you know. And they're going to go clash at each other. And Sakura's like, no, stop it. I'm going to kill myself. Okay, so. not 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 the words that came out of her mouth. Your prejudice against Sakura needs to like hold on at least for five minutes. Okay, it was a oh like Naruto Sasuke, don't murder each other, please. This one had nothing to do with killing herself. Well, no, I mean killing herself as in running into the you know attack that was clearly going oh. to kill her. Yeah, trying to stop it with her love. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's not the play, Chief. <laughs> yeah, so as she tries to run into this 
the Chad Kakashi shows up and does like this swoop move, which like turns both attacks into different directions. Sasuke goes into like in two, like because there's two water jugs thing, right? Like yeah, they call two it? water towers. Yeah, yeah, water towers, and Sasuke goes into one like a claw or something. Like it goes inside, and then Naruto doesn't break the plane in. Then like. Kakashi's like, I need to chill out, blah, 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 blah. And Sasuke's like, whatever. And then he's like, I'm one. I'm still superior. I would have beat him. And then Sasuke's like, he just disappears and walks away. And then he's like leaving. And he sees like what Naruto actually did. And this man has a whole breakdown. It's so great. <laughs> yeah, he sees the backside of the water tower just blown out where his didn't. He's like, holy fuck. I am worthless. I loved it, bro. It was great. Like, and this becomes the catalyst for him to seek out more power from, you know, Orochiraru and his goons. Yeah, so um, Kakashi goes and he's like, hey, Sasuke, you need to chill the fuck out. And Sasuke's like, you don't know what it's like, man. And, And Kakashi's like, Yo, I've seen more shit than you have in this life. I know exactly what it's like, you dumb bitch. And then she's uh, like, wait to Shaputin, little bitch. <laughs> and then Sasuke's like, oh, I guess he's right. And then Kakashi leaves him on his own to think about his actions. At which point, the Sound Ninja 4 fucking show up. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to figure that one out, honestly. Like, how do you infiltrate a village... Like, shouldn't he be under protection? Like, you saw Itachi just showed up. Like, this was really... Somehow, this is still the third Hokage's fault on on this lack of, like, security of Sasuke. Like, still blame the third Hokage. Well, I mean, equally, they know that Sasuke is not the one being searched after. It's Naruto. The Akatsuki is a thing, and they're coming after Naruto. So, we're gonna keep an eye on him. But equally, like, it's a tree in the middle of the village. Like, you think we got the FBI on him, like... Nine times, like true, twenty four seven, true, yeah. I and mean, facts. equally, later on, we find out that they ship off Genin for this retrieval mission because all of the uh, the Chunin and Jonin are on other missions. So I yeah. don't think there is anyone to like keep an eye on him, which sucks for everyone. Because the Sound Ninja Four are like, hey, we just saw you had a change of heart, and we're like contemplating not striving for revenge but um imagine if we can make you a fucking hand bat monster and you can kill your brother like we can do that for you so let's go see Orochimaru he's like Sasuke's like sus but bet I in that order yeah so that's what kicks off the Sasuke retrieval arc Sasuke's like okay um I got waxed by these sound ninja four so clearly I gotta go be a sound ninja now. Yeah. And uh, we get him on his way out of the village when Sakura's like, hey, I'm gonna confront you in that little park where we had that adventure and I'm gonna try to convince you with the power of love to not not stay in the village, but like, at least don't leave me. Yeah, and then Sasura's kind of like, well, like, he actually, you know, he's like, thank you, Sakura. Like, I mean, at the end of it all. Yeah. I mean, he he's like, no, he, she doesn't hear him say those words. But I mean, yeah. Like, no, he's all like, he, she's like, remember that time in the park where you called me annoying and all this, that and the other. And he's like, no, I don't remember. But equally, I do know you're still annoying. And he's still just like a, a big old asshole to her up yeah. until the point where he's like, all right, I'm going to like transmutate myself behind her as she's threatening like her life if you leave i'll scream and he's like instant transmission right behind her sakura thank you and then like karate chops the back of her neck and she's dead from here on out we don't have to deal with sakura anymore uh no she's she just passed out unfortunately but yeah no and he has the courtesy to place her on the bench opposed to leaving her on the street where she belongs. But you and me were talking about Nendo's uh, Ardenja ways earlier, and it's like 
no one really has true conviction as like a Nendo other than like Naruto and Rock Lee. Yeah. It's we, so weird. We get Sakura being like, hey, you know what? Um, I don't even care if you leave the village. I don't even care if you turn out evil. evil. I just want to like be evil with you, dude. Like, just like take me with you and we can both be snake people. I don't care, dude. I'll leave my family right now. She's like, like, screw my family. (laughs) Screw the village. Screw Naruto and Kakashi. Like, I just want your affection that you've never, ever slightly returned because I have some weird form of, like, Stockholm Syndrome. Which, coming from Sasuke, it's like, okay, this entire village has ruined my life, which he doesn't know yet, but totally at this point, I think you're right. The third Hokage is at fault for a lot of this bullshit. Yep. Um, but like Sakura's whole initiative is like not fuck the village who killed my family. It's fuck everyone in the village because they're not going to bone me. I don't know. It's, (laughs) it's, uh, I'm, it's more shallow. I would say not, not just like doing it for the, like, I feel like Sakura's love for Sasuke was never explained. Like, I feel like that's one of my qualms with the overall, naruto franchise like why does she love him like hinata it was kind of sus at how fast it happened like you know hinata was like a little bit of a stalkerish, like if we're being fair but well, she did have genuine love from naruto for various reasons and we never got that from sakura you know we even got that from jiraiya and tsunade like you know but never sakura like well, even I, it, like Rin, even Obito and Rin, even Obito's for love for Rin is explained later in Shippuden, but well, we never get why Sakura loves Sasuke or vice versa. It's just like I, you're here and I'm here. I think it's all like it, certainly with like Obito and Rin, like all of it starts as kind of cha- childish infatuation. Like it's all crushes, but like as you progress and you yourself grow with like Hinata, Hinata sees Naruto hustling his ass off, and it like is impressed by that and like picks up that trait herself as a thing to value. And so they both are like, yeah, I'm gonna hustle my ass off and I'm gonna have convictions and I'm gonna like put my life on the line for what I believe in. Um, and that's what kind of makes them, them fit together where I get, yeah, I agree with you. We don't really see a lot of the relationship with Sasuke and Sakura. Um, but certainly they played that point from the very beginning. Yeah, it's just, it's odd. It feels like it was a weird thing, especially because Kishimoto, the director, was like, yeah, you know, like, Naruto was kind of like modeled after me, and Sakura is modeled after my wife, but guess what? No. And even like, Yo, well, that's imagine like writing an entire manga about not fucking your wife. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then it's even worse when, like, Minato shows up later in Shippuden and, like, says, yeah, your mother wanted you to marry someone like me, and it's totally the opposite, because Sakura is exactly like Naruto's mother. But whatever, you know, whatever. Well, and equally, like, you don't have to do what your parents want you to do, like, have set out for you in life. Like, it's your own life to live. Uh, certainly when your own parents put a fucking demon inside of you and then die um i don't know if that their wishes for you are exactly the best for continuing your 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 existence and like having a good wholesome life but uh you know what um thank god naruto isn't mostly reality um but no sasuke's like all right it's time to get the fuck out of here we've karate chopped sakura we got her out of the fucking way and now it's time for me to go be a demon myself. So he gets, he meets up with the Sound Ninja 4, gets put in a coffin after eating a pill that will turn him from uh, Curse Mark level 1 to Curse Mark level 2 after dying, apparently. We don't really go into what happens. We just know, we don't see Sasuke, we see a box for the next, like, 15 episodes. Yeah, like, box Sasuke is, like, peak Sasuke, if we're being honest, though. <laughs> true facts (laughs) so yeah while this is going on like shikamaru is informed like hey or um 
First I'm, off, Shikamaru gets to like promote the yeah. only one of that entire tuning exam that gets to become a tuning. Uh, Shikamaru. Which That's I feel wild. like is weird, honestly, in retrospect, because you feel like it would also be like Neji, but Neji took an L because he was an asshole, which he didn't know no better, but yeah. I mean, true. True. But yeah, so yeah, Shikamaru gets promoted to be a tuning. It's like, yeah, um, first mission, go get Sasuke. Because Naruto's like, yo, we gotta go get Sasuke, like, blah, 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 because did Sakura tell him, like... Tell tell who? How did how did the village come to know that Sasuke had left? Couple of ninjas rolled up on Sakura as she was sleeping, like, on their way to work. Yeah. And then told um, the yes. Hokage. Yes, like, hey. That. By the way, we found Sakura, and she said that Sasuke has left with Sound Ninja. We need to probably do something. To which Tsunade was like, fuck. Okay, Shikamaru, you're the only one around right now that can go handle this. Get you some ninja. Ganning level only. We don't have time to wait. And go retrieve Sasuke. And you have 30 minutes. Yeah, so... Yeah, that was like in the grand scheme of things, like like char- like a for logistically horrible plan, hypely cool, like for the sake of our enjoyment, that's dope. But logistically, as a like literally, like because I know we were talking about earlier about how yeah, well everybody's out on an important mission, so this is a low level priority. But this is literally the strongest KK Genkai belonging to the Leaf, and they're just like whatever. <laughs> Not a low level priority. Yeah, but you only have low level folks to be able to deal with it. I'm like, like you didn't keep it like a guy sensei or a Kakashi around to like be able to deal with this stuff if it just so happened to come up. Yeah, I mean, like, even, like I know, I know, story writing wise, why it has to happen. But in my mind, logistically, I'm like, okay, this is obviously a mission for like we've got Shizinu here or whatever her name is, like, who's shown to be capable, you know, like heck, even Tsunade, and I'm pretty sure Jiraiya was around, you know, like this is, seems like a very important thing, like you got to call somebody back or something, like. I mean, but equally, like, you can't call Jiraiya back because Jiraiya doesn't answer to anybody. Jiraiya's working for the betterment of the Leaf Village, but, like, on his own terms. And Shizune is a doctor. Can't just ship Shizune off. She's got to, like, heal people. I mean, yeah, I suppose. Which, equally, they do ship Shizune off to, like, catch up to the two folks that have been hurt on their their own separate mission. Suzune's off on another mission at this point. Yeah. Are you right? So You're like right. there there is no one else. Doesn't Chojo like Shikamaru. Choji's dad give him the pills like before he leaves? Yeah, is- it's not before he leaves, but it's like the family technique. Okay, yeah, yeah. So all right. Like, like I guess it's there like, truly hey, is no one else. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, let's uh sucker Choji from coming out of his house so early in the morning with chips and then tell him he's off on a mission. By the way, we gotta go save Sasuke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we wind up with a team of Shikamaru leading us off with Choji, Naruto, Kiba, and Neji. Yes. And it's kind of fun to get like the OG teams based on their numbers kind of mixed up for this adventure. Yeah, no, it's fun to see that like diversity happening. Like that no one's on the same team. So, I mean, well, besides Choji and Shikamaru, but... You got Neji, who is, like, the strongest Ganin. You got Kiba's amazing track of sense, Naruto and his shadow Nendo. clones. Like, in spontaneity. <laughs> no, no. Um, Naruto Shikamaru. and his Nendo. Uh, yes. and, uh, yeah, and Shikamaru. Shikamaru's genius, so, you know, <laughs> it's gang-gang, you know? But, <laughs> so, then you got, like, right before they're about to leave, like, they're like, okay, let's go, and... Let's do this. And Sakura arrives. She's like, Naruto, I tried to stop Sasuke, but I couldn't. You're the only one capable. 
This is a once-in-a-lifetime request. Bring Sasuke back to me. And I'm like, alright. Okay. Uh, and then Rock Lee was like, you heard him, homie. Let's bring him back. <laughs> once I'm okay. We'll do it. Yeah. For Sakura. So, yeah. So they leave. You know, our group of Shikamaru, Kiba, Choji, Naruto, and Neji. They set out to go bring Sasuke back. And upon doing this, um, we kind of find that they like... It's so weird how fast they caught up to the Sound Ninja 4. Because they had like a whole night and a half like on them. And I'm just like... I mean, I guess since they're carrying Sasuke, it's like heavy. So they can't move as fast. Maybe. Like, I imagine. And maybe they don't anticipate that they'll be following them so quickly. They'll yeah. have gotten off the ground so quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, they start tracking, and Kiba's, due to his acute sense of nose, can pinpoint where, what's going on and what's happening. And they are like, hey, there is four of them, you know, and Sasuke in tow. So Neji starts, or, um... Shikamaru starts making a plan of, okay, what's going to happen? You know, we don't know anything about this. Like, Shikamaru is showing the reasons that he got promoted to Chonin. And, or Chunin. Chonin, wow. And they arrive upon the first fight, which is Jirobo. Jirobo? Sure. Yeah. Um, who is this, like, the brute force of the Shaun Ninja 4? This tall dude... Uh, who's kind of porkily as well. And, well, first of all, they arrive, and then Shikamaru's like, Shao clones all four of them. And then they break out of it because, obviously, you know, that's spending a lot of chakra and this and that and everything. So the Jirobu dude is like, go ahead. We got to get this back to Roshibaru. He's on the time limit because that hoe of Roshibaru is dying. So, or not dying, but he can't. He can only, like, enter a new body every so often. And that's, yeah, that's the other thing that we kind of left out. Like, Sasuke's going to go be his new host body. That's what Orochimaru's game plan is. Sasuke just expects power. But okay. Orochimaru, the way that he is, like, living forever is by transferring his soul into a new host body. And the concern is we're on a time limit. The body he's using currently got fucked up so bad by the third Hokage that it is currently dying. So they have to get Sasuke back in time so that Orochimaru can transfer into Sasuke's body before he dies. So that's and, the kind of the time pressure we're under. Sasuke doesn't know any of this yeah. other than Orochimaru can give him power. The irony of all this for me is that, like, if Hiroshimaru would have done, like, nothing, because we see that, like, freaking, like, Tsunade and Jiraiya are both doing just fine, you know, in their prime. So, like, feels like this is kind of useless on Hiroshimaru's part, not gonna lie. Being evil <laughs> didn't benefit Orochimaru in any way? Is that what you're telling me? I'm saying, yeah, it, like, this is kind of, Look like, at- <laughs> wasted potential. But then how would we have a villain? True, true. Amorishimaru is, like, one of the sickest villains in Naruto, if not the sickest. Like, it's between him and Pain. Like, Kaguya, or Madara was sick, too, but Madara got hoed. But anyway, so, yeah. So, Jirobu was like, yeah, I'll go ahead. Amorishimaru's on his time limit. He's got to get this body. And so, he goes ahead. And then, Shikamaru's like, we all can't stay here and, you know, fight. We got to well, do something. And Choji's like, yo, I got this. Like. Yeah, and, and Jirobu traps the entire team to begin with. But, of course, they come up with a plan, and this is where we start hinting at, like, the, the whole friendship vibe between Shikamaru and Choji. Because, like, the other guys, specifically Naruto and uh, Kiba, are like, man, Shikamaru ain't doing shit. He's a coward. He's talking to the guy like, hey, I'll make a deal. I'll sacrifice these guys if you let me out. But Choji knows. Choji knows what kind of guy Shikamaru is. He's planning. He's playing the game. So we, yeah, totally. By the time they all break out of uh, 
Jerobo's uh, Earth Dome that's stealing all their chakra, it's like, okay, Choji and Shugamaru are on the same page. And Choji's like, yo, I'm the only one who could deal with this. Y'all gotta go and continue the mission. I got this. Believe in me. And everyone's like, oh shit, we were all wrong about Choji. We now believe in you. And then we get the Choji Jirobo fight. Yes. And this fight is like, again, it's one of the better fights. Like, this, I feel like all the top fights in Naruto, the prequel, exist in this arc. Like, with the exception of like two or three. But yeah, so our boy Neji is. You you see a lot of or wow Neji I'm jumping the gun I was like we're our, moving on now <laughs> our boy, our boy Choji is very subconscious about his weight and a lot of things and even his confidence you see he's a very shy individual and he literally kind of just has to put his faith in Shikamaru because Shikamaru puts his faith in him it's like a Grinlagon trope type thing so. And there's one thing that Choji hates most is being called fat. And this dude, Jirobo, is really on Choji's butt, like, insulting him and calling him weak and talking about how they sacrificed the weakest one. And it's really getting in Choji's head. And Choji's, like, pulling out some, you know, partial expansion jutsus, which I don't believe we had seen at this point. Um, it's the first time we saw a partial expansion. And he's got these three pills that he's taking um, from the secret... Akamichi clan like each which yeah at this point in time we really get an introduction to like each family's like at least of these four other characters yeah like each family's secret ninjutsu which makes them like important yes which is super freaking dope like we're saying the like Akamichi clan the Hyuga clan the um whatever Kiba's last name is um yeah and the Nara clan, so, and technically the Uzumaki clan, but we won't talk about that yet. So, <clears throat> so yeah, so Choji's out here, kind of going through these pills, and has to has a realization that if you take the third pill, you'll die. Like, that is the pill that you use as a last resort. And he has these flashbacks of his father, like talking to him and everything, and talking about how Choji is. Like, basically, it's stronger than he believes. And Choji's... So this fight is kind of like the... I don't know. Like the... I won't say the least interesting, but it's not. But it's definitely... It's definitely more cut and dry than the other fights for me. Like, it's kind of just like more straightforward than the other four fights, four or five fights that we'll see in this arc. But... Certainly. It is more story-focused than it is action-focused. Um, but when you see Choji commit to the third pill and then see him become skinny Choji with the butterfly wings and it's like a completion of everything you've gone through with this kind of fight arc, so it's clean. like, oh shit. Like, I remember skinny Choji from, like, all of the Naruto I watched. Yes. Like, that whole event, along with him, like, laying down by the tree and, like, tapping out for the day after the fight was over, I'm like, I remember that scene vividly. Yes. But certainly, action-wise, along with story-wise, it was more story-heavy, which uh, makes it rank on pretty much great moments of Naruto, but maybe not the best fights. Yeah, no, it was super emotional, too, like, in a good way. Like, all these fights dealt with so much emotion, seeing... At the end of, like, you know, Choji defending his best friend and killing Jirobo, but also seemingly die, you know? Like, and that was the thing. All these fights, you know, at least the first two fights, didn't end well. <laughs> like, yes, we won, but, like, what was the cost, you know? So, that fight ends, and then we go to one of my favorite fights in all of Naruto. Like, my boy Neji versus Kiyomaru. Kiyomaru, like... The spider bitch in, ooh, this fight, man. Man, yeah, I feel you. Um, To get to see more of Neji, other than him being an asshole, is pretty great. But we get to see, like, an expansion of his powers. Not only do we get to see the rotation, we get to see him reuse 
um, the 64 palms of uh, the gentle fist along with like seeing that in action. It's not just him using the 64 palms. It is him using that and getting to see like the animation as they go. They kind of give us a slow motion to watch every attack happen. And it is incredibly wild. But also this is the, the fight where we really introduce the concept of the Byakugan having a weak point, a blind yes. spot. Nah, man. And the spider Kitamaru is a solid villain, too. Like, in the way, like, because they're both geniuses. This is like a fight of brain and brawn. And holy crap, Kitamaru's design was like freaking dope with the whole six arms and spider type stuff. So he's a long range fighter who uses these arrows that he kind of like throws up, I guess. Um, yeah. So he takes some spider thread to this arrow and kind of just fires it off and like kind of guides it like a homing arrow to basically track Neji's blind spot and attack him through that, which is so wild because you're sitting here and you're learning about like the science trajectory and about how, you know, the Byakugan does have a blind spot and what his purpose is and how Neji compensates that with rotation. And not only... Like, this is probably the most extensive use of gentle fists that we see. And just the open palm style gentle fists of like shooting out your chakra is so dope. And Neji's mastery of it. Like, this kid is like 14, like 15 maybe. And he's mastered this. Like, that he is a genius. And you, ooh, man, Neji. And Lord, okay. So, this is one of my favorite fights. I'm trying to keep it all in. But there's these things called curse marks that, like, you know, Sasuke gets. You got to gotta let Orochimaru have his way with you for a little bit to get one of these curse marks. And by that, I mean bite you on the neck like a vampire style, but not like vampire knight style. Well, I guess kind of vampire knight style. Yeah, man. Orochimaru is freaky. The second he bites you, you hear agaku agaku. <laughs> yeah, but totally. Uh, Orochimaru but those like extended power upon you via the curse mark which binds you to him which has multiple stages so like it, we see that with sasuke in the uh, forest of death sasuke gets his curse mark and we see both what it'll do to you in like debilitating you but also later on the power it will give you but now this arc with the sasuke retrieval arc we learn about there are multiple stages to the curse mark and they all talk about you know oh we're gonna have to go to level two for this so like everyone gets pushed to level two which when it comes to um what's this guy's bucket uh kitimaru yeah he he become he goes level two his skin transforms his body transforms and that's when he's able to use this kind of arrow archery style to pinpoint uh neji's weakness because yes. throughout this this the first part of that fight he is finding out he is studying what's going on and he can find the weakness consistently so that's when he levels up and is using his arrow and then later on guiding his arrow to hit neji's blind spot yes to which neji is so smart he knows about his blind spot so he's using chakra to like fill the void just enough where he has a m tiny, insignificant window of time to move his body before he is murdered. Yes. But of course, it still hits him. But he got to make the choice die or take the hit and keep fighting. Yes. So Neji takes the hit and he lets the arrow pierce him. And. But he shifts it off away from his vitals. So Neji being the absolute Chad G head honcho that he is, sends his chakra through the web, damaging this man's eternal organs. And he's like, crap. Like, Kinemaru's like, crap. You know, well, you know, I t may have taken some damage, but at least I got him. And I can finish off this brat. Nah, Neji rises to the occasion. And then 80, 80, wait, 
eight trigrams, 60, or is it 129 he debuts at this point? Or is it still just 64? I think um, he gets up to the 128 palms. Yeah. But I don't know if it was at this moment. Yeah, so he does it. This, like, yin-yang symbol appears, and this man goes to work, man. Like, and he finishes him off by hitting all of his chakra points and kills him. And Neji has his headband off, and you see, like, his curse mark opposed, and... He's just like kind of like there and, you know, left in a critical position. But the music in this fight, man, also was like so crazy. Like the shamisen, I think it was, that you was heavy in this. I think it was a shamisen. What was it called? The finger yeah. string instrument? The real, the real percussive uh, string instrument. Yeah. Was going crazy in this. Like it was just a whole vibe, my guy. Like it was this fight. And like you said, the choreography, the animation, the spinning, the rotation, the like dialogue. This was one of my top fights in Naruto, like easily top five for me. Yeah, man. And in the same boat, like we're left less confident that Neji makes it out alive. You know, that's the thing about like this Choji and Jirobe and Neji and Kimimaru fight. Like both of these are assumed dead, you know, like it's assumed that both of these guys are dead. Like they fought defending like and they and they both got like G's too. They have no regrets about what they did, and that they were able to protect and complete the mission. Like and that's what separates this from Burnto. <clears throat> Sorry, but <laughs> yes, too real, too real. But next but, we get two more fights. We get two more fights, which kind of happens concurrently. It switches back and forth. Is uh, Kiba and Akamaru versus Sakon and Ukon, along with Shikamaru versus Tayuya. So let's talk about uh, Kiba and Akamaru versus Sakon and Ukon. So it's a tag team battle versus the sound ninja with the two heads that we are always like, what the fuck is going on with yeah. the second head? Yeah. Until this fight right here where we find out. Yeah. Like, so this is, the, are they like twins, I believe? Um, I'm going to go with yes, just for the sake of saying yes. Yeah, they're twins who share a body, and they, like, reside in each other, which is very freaking weird. And they also have the jutsu, like, the great wall that protects Orochiaru and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, it's really like you're fighting two people, and they can, like, heal themselves quicker by using the other person's chakra or, like, filling their body part. It's not really explained how they work, but... Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty yada yada, but um, when it comes to the brothers, Ukon, gonna, here's the problem. I got just got to pick one at this point. But Ukon is the one that is the head, like the sleepy head that you don't see do anything. Yeah. Until this fight, he separates with Sakon, the one we always see doing stuff, and he can attach himself to anyone's body. Yeah. And he does that to Kiba. And he's going to kill Kiba from the inside, which is the like the greatest assassin technique ever known. But Kiba isn't playing this shit. He's like, you're going to kill me? Not if I kill me first. <laughs> and Ukon's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so Kiba just straight up stabs himself, like in the chest or somewhere. And... Akamaru like bites him. It's like, nah, man, you can't die like this. Like, what the heck? Like, who's gonna walk me, you bitch? Like, so like, and we see Kiba's beast mimicry jutsu in this, and we see um, his tracking skills and his nose, and we learn about his clan too, and we learn about his story. And this is kind of like the Choji fight, where it's like a flashback to him and uh, uh, Akamaru. Yeah. And then figuring and finding out, like, you find out how he ended up with Akamaru and all that fun stuff and just all those other type of things. And, like, how his clan, in his clan, you get a dog and it's your partner, like, your best friend. Now they can communicate with each other and, like, how his mom has, like, a wolf without an <laughs> ear and eye patch and they can talk, but whatever. <laughs> we don't uh, learn that the, the mom's dog can talk yet, but. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, certainly we get an insight into the um, dog clan. Kiba's clan. Yeah. The Akamaru um, clan. Is it the Akamaru? Wait, no. Um, Man. 
I don't really know Kiba's freaking last name. I don't think it's ever mentioned. But um, Amarabe, Amarabe. I'm I'm sure that it is a uh, that there is a clan Inazuka. See, I should have known because it's the dog clan Inuzuka. Yeah, I never know that. Inu meaning dog. Yes. Um, but no, totally. We get insight into the uh, the Inuzuka clan and the combination of Kiba, the, the tag team fighting with Kiba and his dog partner, Akamaru, uh, versus two crazy motherfuckers from the Sound Village, which are putting the absolute work on Kiba, but they manage to get away. They manage to like hold off and jump in the river and like escape. So they're running for their lives, which means Sakon and Ukon have to go on the hunt. Yes. Like switching over to Shikamaru and Tayuya. Yes. We see um, Tayuya uses Genjutsu, where she's like a. She's uses her sound. She's the only one we see actually use sound. Um, yes. In, in this group of. No, no. Unfortunately, we see uh, Sakon use sound at the very beginning with the first fight with Sasuke, where the Sound Village Four show up and they're like, yo, you're supposed to be our leader now, but we're going to just kick the shit out of you to find out. And Sakon uses Doremi voice bullshit to like beat him up. Yeah. But certainly of the sound ninja, this is one of the few opportunities we get to see them use like sound wind technique. Yeah. Like it's it's interesting, you know, she has her flute and then her demon form was actually like I don't know why, but I felt like it was like the coolest to me. Like it's just because she went from having like a weird head cap thing to like suddenly having long hair and like horns. That could be it. She could be like which a type. You know. and long hair have a history. Yes. I don't know why. I don't, but But no, certainly she gets a lot cooler once she becomes like demon form. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's like and her demon form flute can summon um of course demons that are very weird. Like one's blind, one I got no hands. Um I forgot what the third one could do. It's like, yeah, this is where we get like summons that are really weird that you will never see again. Yep. Which is just so tragic because like coming up with a with a thing when some people show up, we got another summon that we'll never see again, which which is like incredibly disappointing. Um, but we we wind up to Yuya summons demons with her flute and are fighting Shikamaru with them. And it turns out, like, okay, Shikamaru pulls a fast one with his smarts, and they wind up, at the end of it, in a power struggle. Like, who's gonna kill who? And we sit there for the next, like, four episodes, just checking back in. How is Shikamaru doing? Oh, he's still in the same fucking place? Great, good to know. We're just gonna come back to him next episode. Uh, but anyway, um, either way, we wind up with at this point Naruto has gone on and chased after Sasuke um after Kimimaru shows up Kimimaru is one of the Sound Ninja 4 back when it was the Sound Ninja 5 yeah and he is the strongest of all of them who has come back to help with the retrieval mission his whole story was he was a guy with a keke genkai about using his fucking bones to murder people. And he was stored like the cat from, uh, we were just talking about this guy. What's the uh, Fruits Baskets? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's stored like the cat from Bruce Baskets and is only Kill. let out when he's useful to go murder people. Um, Kill wasn't ever let out. Or the, the cat spear from... Fruit basket was never let out. But anyways, yeah. uh, same kind of vibe. We're going to put you away until you're useful. Horrible. So, um, Kimimaru's story is that. He's only used to kill. And he runs into Orochimaru, and he's like, yo, I'm not fucking from the village you're trying to kill. Go on that way. And then turns around and tries to save him. 
or turns around and saves him. Yeah. It's like, okay, you've, you've killed the village now, but um, you know what? Come along with me and I'll show you a life that's better than, I don't know, a dungeon. Yeah, and it's like he, his whole clan literally went and got themselves killed all in one night. Like, And he was like a prodigy. He was, it's like a reflection of Haku from the first arc. Um, literally, because yeah. they run into Haku and uh, Zabusa. He's like, are you from the Sound Village? And they're like, uh, no. Then he's like, okay, great. And then Zabuza and uh, Haku are like, that was weird. Haku looks after him and is like, yo, he's got the same look on his face as I did. But no, totally, your, your, your point is right. Like, it's a whole analogy with that. Which is so sad, because Kimi Mario's backstory, it's like, even though he's not a main character or anything like that, I feel like he had one of the sadder backstories in Naruto, because he didn't want to be, like, a killer, but his whole clan was that. Um, they were... They were killers, you know? They, like, literally fought and died like idiots to their pile of bodies. And the weird part is, like, his last name is Ochisuki. So, he's part of that Ochisuki clan. Which, what does that mean? Kaguya. Kaguya? Yeah, well, so, he's, sorry, he's Kiyomaru Kaguya. That's the, he's from the Kaguya clan. And one of her, her abilities was the bones that came out of her hands. So she's like, technically, he's an off branch of one of the. Um, You're blowing my mind right now. Yeah. Man. So he's a Holy descendant of the Sage of Six Paths, basically, because they have that Kinkai, Ginkai, which, you know, apparently. Oh, the side my God. Yeah. What are the side effects? I think the side effects is just like maybe they're just naturally bones? violent. I don't know. Like. I thought one of the side oh. effects was like they become like super violent or some shit. I don't know. Man, you've got some lore mind blowing on me right now. Um, but either way, uh, Naruto can't hold his own against Kimimaru. And uh, of course, of all people, Rock Lee shows up. As of, I don't know, 15 episodes ago, he was pretty much still recovering from his surgery that went well. And then turn around and find out he's like, yo, I am back and ready to fight some sound ninja. Yeah. So and he shows up and he's like, well, this is Rock Lee. It's, Rock Lee is a beast. And he's fighting Kinimaru. And there's like a whole um, like there's back and forth. Like Lee is showing off his abilities and everything. And Kinimaru is like, wow, you know, this guy has some talent. But, you know. He seems like an idiot. <laughs> and, but it's fair. And, Kimaru's like, hold, um, it's time for me to take my medicine. Can I take this medicine? And Kimaru's like, yeah, sure. Which is so weird. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, I guess. Why the fuck not? I'm about to kill you. So, whatever, dude. Yeah. So, he takes it and it turns out it's the wrong. I remember in the dub, it was Elixir. Like, and I was just like, this is so stupid. Like, yeah, he, he <laughs> instead of drinking medicine, he drank sake. Yeah. And then became the drunken master of the drunken fist style, which was pretty fun. Yeah. Which is a true style of martial arts, like drunken fist, which is I don't even know how you master that. Like, I feel like it's very painful or very great. I don't know. Like, it must be one of the two. So he well, uses his drunken. What's that? Yeah, go on, go on. So he uses this drunken fist style, kind of like to overwhelm Kimaru. And he's like, Kimaru's like, what? Like, Lee's doing these crazy moves where he's like walking with his hands and attacking with his kick, like with his Which legs. Which is, yep. And that goes all fine and well until Kimaru is like, yo, I got more bones than just my arm bone. Yeah. So at some point he overpowers Rock Lee. And then suddenly. The Sand Ninja show up. We got Gara, we've got Tamari, and we've got Konkuro. Holy, um, and they all show up for our three ninja that are currently fighting, and come and save the day. Yeah, and that's when we get the reveal that hey, the Sand Ninja is here for you. Um, and it's like what? 
I thought we were enemies. <laughs> Tamari is either Conqueror or Tamari. Um, like, and Tamari is like, it's one of them. And they're like, yeah, don't get that mad was last at us. Week's mission. What's that? Yeah, that was last week's mission. This week's mission is to help y'all. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we don't care. We follow orders and we follow orders now. Don't get special. Like, but the the big secret is that this was um, Tsunade's ace in the hole. She called in help from the Sand Village to send out uh, them because, like, she couldn't. She didn't have any of the Leaf Village ninja to like be able to help. So what? she called in the Sand Ninja. Yeah, which is wild because no one even knew that like like this was a thing. Yeah, but it was exciting as like a plot point to like see. Oh shit. The Sand Ninja are back, and specifically, Gara is back to help Rock Lee. That was a wild plot point, but we'll circle back to that. Um, but no, Tamari shows up to help Shikamaru and uses the only time we'll see her use a summoning jutsu, the sickle weevil technique, which murders, um, what's her bucket? Whoever, uh, whoever Shikamaru was fighting, to Yuya. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally, like, murders the forest and, like, gets rid of any way that uh, to Yuya can really fight against her. Um, which is the, like, I don't know. The Shikamaru-Tamari um, love story is kind of fun to follow. Yeah, no, I, that's, I feel like that's the strongest love story, you know? Like, because that one actually is proven by both series. Um, it shows that there is a somewhat like that connections kind of prove like, you know, it's proven and it makes sense and they help each other and it's non-toxic and it, it, no. Okay. Nope. A hundred percent, 75% toxic. Um, I don't like my, my argument was like, what about Naruto and Hinata to which you said, Hinata's a mad mom. But, um, no, uh, Shikamaru and Tamari's relationship mirror Shikamaru and his, or Shikamaru's dad and mother's relationship. Like, Shikamaru's mom was always, like, exacting and, like, put them in their place. But, like, not in the way, like, other people would. Yeah. So that's why Shikamaru was, like, what a drag all the time. True, true. But, um. No, it, like it, it mirrors his relationship, like his parents' relationship. Uh, but no, certainly, like it's it's fun to like follow relationships in anime, especially like in shonen shows where there are rather few examples of that. That's one that Naruto and then Black Clover uh, really made a, a major plot point of to focus or to feature. Uh, but Tamari shows up to help Shikamaru. Uh, Konkuro shows up to help Kiba. To which he uses, like, we get to see even more violent uh, puppetry, which is kind of fun. And then Gara shows up to help Rock Lee, which is wild that we get to see that interaction, especially when Rock Lee's just now recovering from when Gara had fucked him up in the tuning exams. Yeah, Gara saving Rock Lee's life was super wholesome. Like, and him seeing like Gara healed too was also, or Gara seeing Rock Lee healed was also very wholesome to look at. And it was just a good time, like overall. Totally. One of the big plot points of this entire arc is people having grown from their experience with Naruto, both with Neji knowing that he can control his own fate and hustle his ass off, and like with Gara seeing that he doesn't have to just be a murderer by virtue of being a gin turkey. Yes. Like, and the whole fight with Kimaru and Gara was also like, again, the animation snapped, like seeing Gara use like a mini Shikaku like thing to stop yes. Kimaru, like was super dope. Um, seeing Kimaru use a freaking bone village type thing was wild too. Like, I don't even know what I look yeah, at. Yeah, man. Holy shit. Like, Kimimaru getting fucked up that one time and, like, missing an entire, like, section of cheek, like, tissue where you could see his teeth and still going, like, curse mark level two to then do crazy shit. Yeah. yeah. Man. 
That's Kimimaru. It was wild. I wanted more Kimimaru, man, and that was really sad when he died. I I hated it, but I understood it. You know, it was something that had to happen for the story point and everything. But it was really sad, especially when he didn't want to be a weapon. But it's part of the reason which makes Orochimaru such a good villain. Yeah, man. But uh, at this point, we wind up with the last fight of this entire arc: Naruto versus Sasuke in the final valley. Yes. So. So yeah. Um, this fight is the best fight in Naruto. I feel like overall. Um, maybe the only thing I can top it is the second fight between them at the end of the series because there was some great hand-to-hand choreography in that one as well. But this one, um, you saw, you know, you saw the whole Hidden Valley for the first time, or is that what's called the Hidden Valley? Uh, the the final valley. Yeah. The val- so it's it's a it's a river off a waterfall into a lake that then is like you have two statues of Madara Uchiha and um the first Hogage. Yes. Um Madara Uchiha and when you say first Hashirama. Hak- Hashirama, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Hashirama Shinju. Yeah. So these two and it's crazy how it frames up because you have Sasuke on top of Madara and Naruto on top of um Hashirama. Hashirama. And these are their ancestors, you know, and their reincarnation. So it's wild that this fight is happening like this. And then you see him go straight into it with like it's like at first they don't want to fight, but or at first Naruto doesn't want to fight. But Sasuke hasn't given him much of a choice and says, I rebuke you in the village and weakness. And then you hear like echoes of Itachi talking and be like, kill your best friend, you know? And, and yeah, and we get four episodes of, of uh, Sasuke's backstory where we get to relive the murder of the Uchiha clan, but like deeper other than like a four minute scene, we get like more backstory about him as a kid and him living with Itachi and Itachi being this genius who is going to like save the Uchiha clan and like literally the best Uchiha ever. And like, yeah, we get to live a little in the world of Sasuke Uchiha as a child, which then turns around into like why he's motivated to murder his brother, which I don't find is like much of a problem. Um, but we don't really pick up the fight in any terms of, uh, real major way until the last like two episodes last two three episodes of this fight we uh really pick up the intensity with the action uh certainly when uh naruto enter like first let me find the episode uh the episode is uh a plea from a friend episode 133 yeah. When Naruto initially activates like the uh nine tails chakra, like he's like, okay, I'm gonna borrow some chakra from the nine tails and starts kicking the shit out of Sasuke. We both get the story importance and the animation like hikes up so incredibly much. Yes, man, it goes crazy. It goes crazy, crazy. You see. Like, the whole fighting on the water and the balance and everything, and Naruto, like, using the um, chakra tail cloak and how the tails are, like, forming. And Oh, my God. Yeah. No, like, not even then. So, like, we, we get Naruto kicking the shit out of Sasuke, and Sasuke, like, finally awakens the third pip of his Sharingan to complete it. And then he can see Naruto's movement. And then Naruto is, like... I'm going to kill you. And Sasuke hits a pile driver off a fucking cliff mm-hmm. with Naruto and throws him like Naruto rolls into the water face up with a broke ass neck. It's over until uh, not Chicago until Kubi uh, Karama. Is it Karama? Yeah, Karama. That's, that's the name of the nine tails. We call him Kubi because it's nine tails. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Karama's like. You better be thankful for one, I am inside you, and two, for the fourth Hokage who put me inside you. 
And suddenly we see the Nine Tails Chakra bubbling out of Naruto in this kind of like exorcist style resurrection. And that's when we get the introduction for the first tailed form. Yes. Before, like the, the, the tail's cloak for tail one. And it's just like growth and growth and ex- like excitement and action the entire fucking fight. No, it's wild. Like it's man, like this fight, the symbolism, symbolism in this fight, the action, everything. It's just so crazy. And then this is also where we get the iconic, you know, scarred headband of Sasuke becoming a rogue ninja. And man, and the way they do that too, like the entire story of this arc with that headband is fight number one the very first episode is sasuke's like okay come fight me naruto's like all right i'll fight you but put on your headband and sasuke's like no i don't have a reason to because you'll never scratch my head and naruto's like no fuck you you put on your headband because that's how we know we're fighting as equals like you respect me and i respect you and we're gonna hustle our ass off with the same values and turn around that last episode of the fight, Sasuke puts on his fucking headband and he's like, yo, okay. And Naruto's like, I thought you didn't need that shit anymore. And Sasuke's like, I don't, but I respect you in, in, you know, in so much words. Yeah. But no, totally like the, when the, when the, like in the final beam struggle, when Naruto reaches out and scratches his, his fucking headband and fall, it have, and then, like, turns around. They're on the cliff. Sasuke's the only one standing until he isn't. And his headband falls off. And he leaves it with Naruto and walks away. Man. And then it belongs to Boruto. That, hold on. You about to fuck up this entire thing for me. <laughs> so, the scarred headband of Sasuke belongs to Boruto? Yep, Boruto has it now. What? Yep, because he needed it. So is he even a rogue ninja, or is he just, like, using the old shit? He's just using the old headband because he idolizes Sasuke opposed to Naruto. Okay, so he's not even a rogue ninja. No. What the fuck? <laughs> That's, like, the whole sign of rogue ninja. Jeez, he could gosh. end up being a rogue ninja. I don't know, but I do not could freaking doubt be- it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I wouldn't be... I guess I wouldn't be mad if he didn't end up being a rogue ninja, but... I'm kind of fucking mad that he's not currently a rogue ninja. I like, feel what that. the fuck? How do you idolize Sasuke and then, like, fucking gouge out his eyeball? Because he was controlled. And I'm like, what a bitch. But anyway, anyway, we can hit Boruto <laughs> forever. But yeah, no. Yeah. So, like, Sasuke's like, I refuse to kill you unconscious Naruto because I want power my own way through Orochimaru. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the, the, the plot point about you have to kill your best friend. Uh, so there is one step above the fully awakened sh- uh, Sharingan. That's the Mangeko Sharingan, which apparently, based on Itachi's words, is you have to kill your best friend to achieve the Mangeko Sharingan, um, to which Sasuke fights this entire battle, and it's either one, to get away from Naruto and go his own way, or two, to kill Naruto, and achieve the Mangeko Sharingan. But totally, at the end of it, he's like, Naruto, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to find my own way, and I'm not going to listen to what the fuck my brother said, who killed my entire family, so what the fuck does he know? Yeah. Pro gamer and, move. Yeah, man. Pro gamer move. And, um, Kakashi shows up, saves Naruto, and they wind up all back to the hospital. Uh, is like, Shigamaru is all right-ish. Um, he's waiting to find out how everyone's doing. Everyone's still alive, but in critical condition. Um, Choji and Neji are both like in crazy voodoo hospital land getting yeah. healed. And uh, Shigamaru is like, you know what? Um, this mission has taught me one thing, that I am not cut out to be a shinobi. And after Tamari gives him shit, his dad's like, you're going to let Tamari give you shit, kid? And he's like, yep, because it's all a drag and go fuck yourself. Yeah. And Shikamaru's dad is like, no, you go fuck yourself. And like, uh, but no, totally. It's all like, hey, you can't let this stop you from doing your job. 
you have to take this and learn about from your mistakes and do it better because if you weren't there next time and someone dies, you're going to think about the fact that what if you had been and you could have done something different. So this is no different from that. True, true. And then come out, uh, Tsunade comes out from the operating room with Choji and is like, hey, everything's all right. He's going to be good. And we find out about Neji. Neji's going to be all right. And then Shikamaru is like, oh my God, it's such a relief. I didn't actually lose anybody. Yeah. And then okay. I think next time like, I'll Kikashi be Kakashi right. has returned with Naruto or something because they were trying to figure out where the hell he was. Yep. Yep. He finds out that no one actually died on his mission. So, okay. Yeah. I'm going to continue. I'm going to be a ninja leader. Yeah. Which is exciting. No, it's a fun time. It's, it's a fun time. And the fact that... Yeah, and then we basically end this part of Naruto. Um, besides... Yep, we... Let's say. Go ahead. I say besides Sakura coming back and being like, whatever. Even that's not I mean, Sakura stuff. shows back up and it's that whole thing, but we really end this, this arc with Jiraiya showing up outside of Naruto's hospital room and giving us the setup for the next arc. That Jiraiya has to train uh, Naruto. How to be a full-fledged shinobi in three years before the Akatsuki come looking for him and Sasuke turns into an actual uh, vessel. Yeah, before Rochimaru. he can be overtaken. Yep. So that's where we leave off on this arc, which apparently is the only arc that really matters in this show. Even though there's another, like, 100-ish episodes, it's whatever. We're pretty much done with the stuff that actually matters. 100%. 100%. You know, so... This is the end of the first, and I feel like the best Naruto. You know, um, I say Naruto is superior to Naruto Shippuden. I will say that. Um, there are some things that I love in Shippuden, but overall, you know, track for track, I gotta give it to Naruto. Bar for bar, I I kind of feel it, but uh, I guess we'll find out when we eventually get around to watching Naruto Shippuden. I guess we um, and I do feel kind of like I'm missing out on a bunch of stuff because there's, you know, there is like 80 more episodes and a lot of the filler gives us an opportunity to spend with um, a lot of these side characters in a world building, you know, facet. But you know what? For the for the time crunches we're we're on currently, um, we're going to have to leave that for another opportunity. But this has been the OG Naruto and uh, this episode's been the Naruto uh, Sasuke retrieval arc you can of course catch this show on all your podcatchers Spotify iTunes Amazon podcast uh, at YTSP your typical Shono protagonist or on Twitter at your TSP that's URTSP as well Kai you got a Twitter too yes you can find me at static dreads with a Z at the end because I'm cool come talk about it be about it let's do it and of course, catch the other product at Content Breaker on all your podcatchers as well. We'll catch you next week for more of your typical Shona Protect. Peace.